0: Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live outrage. from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's, it's about. time for Mortgage Matter.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen of the Central Coast. You are joined today, don't let that bumper fool you. You're joined today by Dan Podesto and Mike Points.
2: That's right, we're here. We're your mortgage geeks That's right. for Saturday, March tenth.
1: Getting ready for a little rain today and for the next week, right?
2: That's what I hear. Yeah. Loving it. That's perfect because then you can't go outside, right? <laughs> right. But you can stay inside and watch March Madness. Mm-hmm. Ooh.
1: That doesn't start Thursday. It does? Thursday. Brackets come out Monday. Alright. That'd be awesome a couple of the best TV watching days of the entire year mm-hmm. because it starts at like 9am and doesn't end until about 9pm. Right. Mm. And it's just exciting basketball all day long. If
2: you love sports. Yes. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you're into no. like real housewives or something, this isn't the day for you.
2: I feel like no. my wife forgets every year that it's all day because she's like, another game is on. I get, <laughs> right. you, you just watch two games. Yeah. It's uh,
1: on four different channels.
2: There's eight games going on at once. <laughs> yeah. honey. The honeydew the list gets put off. Diminished. Until like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just got to see this one game. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they lose. If they lose, they go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the playoffs. Yeah,
1: you're gonna you're gonna hear a theme for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to watch this. If they lose, they go home. It's important. Right, yeah.
2: right. Yeah. Um, Who is Gonzaga?
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. I didn't realize that was here so soon. That's great. I know. It's already March. Yeah, it's isn't crazy. that crazy?
3: It's nuts. St. Patrick's Day. In- not this weekend, next weekend next already. Saturday, on a Saturday. Yeah. On a Saturday.
1: Yeah, we all got to wear our green when we come into the well, show. We're going to be wearing green next yeah. week. I'm
3: going to not
2: be here that Saturday. All right. Yeah. But Where are you going to be? I are you going to be one of those green people out, out on the, the streets? I can call from one of the pubs. That's
1: probably not a good idea. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I get say. the
2: bagpipe guys to play our jingle.
1: <laughs> <for the laughs> if you can do
3: that, then call it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll find <laughs> <laughs> Central Coast Lending...
2: And bagpipe. I'll have to get wow. the wow. <laughs> I'll have to get the the <laughs> note work for that, like the music script.
1: <laughs> we have an huh. instrumental version. I can,
2: can. I'm, I'm positive I won't be calling in next week. <laughs> I'm sure.
1: Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea.
2: <laughs> uh. <laughs>
1: um, all right. Well. Yeah. We're. So yeah. Next week's gonna be exciting. I guess. I do not Could understand.
2: be. Yeah. Should be. Should be. Yeah.
1: But yeah. A lot of a lot of rain. So we need that. Not too much, though. You know, nice, slow, steady pace. I've would heard be it good. could be
3: five days
1: i the, the iPhone weather app says mm-hmm. awesome. rain all week long.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. My sprinklers are turned off.
1: Yeah, my sprinklers notified me today that they will not be sprinkling. Mm-hmm. I've heard it was, so was supposed That's to be 9
3: o'clock this morning, and so far it's 9.09, and I don't see anything out yeah, there. Yeah,
1: like I was a little disappointed with the, um, the cloud cover and the color of the sky because I thought... You know, if it wasn't gonna rain, I might try to go take some batting practice down at Boomer's. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I rely on technology too much, and it said nine a.m. rain. Batting practice.
2: uh, Batting practice is one of those things you just can't do in the rain.
1: No, it doesn't work as well. No, baseball is not softball and baseball. It's not a not a rain sport unless
2: your team's good enough to have an indoor facility, right? So, um, if I may add, as we we're opening up the show here, um, I think that so much of you know we're in the middle of March. The first quarter is almost over. Uh, if you if you watch MSNBC, um, so many things have happened this year already with with volatility. CNBC. CNBC. What I say. MSNBC. M- CNBC. Okay. Um, if you watch the financial news, yes, uh, volatility is you know still heavy in the in the markets and. What's interesting is that I don't. It's not going to slow down. I don't know if it's ever going to slow down. You
3: give me the look of like, what was that call coming through? Yeah. Uh, Well, anyway, she didn't have a question, but we've been. She said she enjoys the show, and we've been talking about the March Madness and all this stuff in the weather. And don't forget tomorrow we get that evil. Set the clock forward one hour. Oh. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. This so, is
1: this is one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah. because we get our daylight back.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's
1: what's nice about it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I really don't like getting off of work and it being dark. Yeah, and mm-hmm. having no outside time. Yeah, you know, I, that's right.
2: I've been getting up early and Have like you? getting up at like five five fifteen, and it so it's that's not going to help me. It's going to be darker longer in the morning. But um, I'm looking forward to getting home and being able to walk my dogs for like an hour instead of 15 minutes. That's what I,
1: yeah. And then just looking forward, all the days are getting longer and longer. Yeah. I love it. Um, I also just, since we interrupted you, I'll continue to interrupt you. And um, Wes Burke, the uh, broker and owner of Patterson Realty, texted me to remind me that March Madness not only... Is the beginning of an exciting basketball tournament, and right around the time of changing your clocks forward, but it's also marking the hottest house selling season of the year. This is this is that time of year when people start thinking about looking at making moves because summer's coming up. The kids will be out of school, right? Um, people start listing homes because they're past all the holidays, mm-hmm. past all. Some people are generally are actually, past the wet weather.
3: Some people are getting their tax returns. They might have a little bit more money yeah, for a down.
1: Getting past tax time, don't have mm-hmm. that bogging you down. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So yeah, this is this is an exciting time of year. Um,
2: I bet you I, Wes would say, you know, they've already made up their mind that they're gonna list their house. Now they're starting to put the logistics in order. Yeah. Right.
1: And I he didn't say it, but I know it was implied in the message that. March is amazing because Wes and I both have birthdays in March. Mm. So that's a big deal too.
2: Totally amazing. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. Um, So just now that we've celebrated March, the greatest month of the year. And uh, that
2: our listeners know that your birthday is coming up.
1: Yeah, it is. It's at the end of the month.
2: We can talk about the markets.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Sorry about the interruption.
2: No, that's fine. I mean, half the show is us, right? We're, we're the host.
1: <laughs> we get to do whatever we want.
2: <laughs> That's why we get up at 8.30 to get here at 9.
1: You get up at 8.30 to get here at 9?
2: Well, I live a block away. Uh, that helps. Conveniently. <laughs> Today, my wife was like, it's 9 o'clock. And I was like, oh, no, Dan. And she's like, just kidding. It's 8 o'clock. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's really horrible, honey. <laughs> uh, All so, right. Anyways, anyways, start the year. Volatility is big. I think it's not going away. Um, What's interesting about volatility is that it's unpredictable. It's volatile. Completely unpredictable. Um, Job reports come out, crushes the expectation. 310 non farm paying jobs, 310,000 non farm paying jobs um, were documented in February. Yeah. And the bond yield would traditionally go up. But it went the other way so again I, I think what why i kick off the show with this is that so much of what we're doing on a daily basis re- reviewing markets and seeing where, where things are going depend on multiple variables and i think the only thing you can really do as a as a good consumer is stay stay alert with what the main indications are which is you know if wages are going to start going up I think we have inflation. If wages are not going up, you know, inflation argument becomes harder and harder to, to discuss. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the other news we're going to talk about from today will probably debate from both sides, right? Inflation is probably happening. Consumers are getting more confident or, you know, the tariff situation.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because on a day like Friday when we had such a strong jobs report you would expect certain market movement, which we didn't see, but it's because it was, there was this other big news, this big political and economic news with the tariffs and, and you, cone. Know, you know, because there was, there's a statement that's forecasting, but not very clear on what's going to happen. Then there's an announcement. Then there's some refinements to the announcement. So as the week went on, um, you know market perceptions changed about that tariff announcement mm-hmm. and really kind of counteracted the the bond movement that you would let, that you would expect to see as a result of the jobs report mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i it was a really weird week and you do have to pay attention to all these different things when you're in our world sitting in our chairs trying to advise people on rate movement and and those kinds of things I'd like to dive into that employment report a little more because this, this was one I was really um, anticipating a lot because the last one really seemed to kick off the the big volatility that we've seen over the last, what, five weeks or so. Yep. Um, it was that last, uh, it was the report that first weekend in February, which was reporting January employment situation. Um, where we saw it wasn't so much, you know, there was no change in the unemployment rate itself. Um, There was, I think, right in line with expectations as far as job growth, but it was that wage inflation number that really um, startled markets. It was unexpected. We saw a big increase in wage growth for that period of time. Mm -hmm. And when projected out year over year, it was... It was a big jump. It went from, you know, we've seen about about two and a half percent year over year wage growth, and it jumped up to two point eight percent year-over-year mm-hmm. year wage growth. And the the thought at that time was that if that kind of wage growth continues, that we'll see the year-over-year number jump above three percent, and that really got this worry of inflation, of of rapid inflation on the mind of traders and economists and, and the markets really reacted in a volatile way. And we saw rates jump, um, over the last five week period. So, which is,
2: which is a natural reaction in the sense that if we didn't expect to see that type of inflation figure, you know, as we talk about on the show all the time, rates, mortgage backed securities are the rates we sell are a bit baked in. I mean, they're looking out four to six months. Mm -hmm. And when you get a figure that goes outside the deviation like this one does yeah i mean you're going to see a spike especially when you have a new federal reserve chairman that uses language maybe not inappropriately but just in a way that that backs up this you know um inflationary or consumer confidence um dollars coming back into the households. Mm-hmm. It's going to drive up prices. But what I think is interesting, we talked to what I kind of set the table for Dan, in the beginning of the show is that we're going to have examples stated to, to argue from both sides. I mean, I think a tariff is a big, it's a big move for the president's plan that he laid out when he ran for office, when he got office, he's, he wants to do this. His administration wants to do this, but then we see his lead economic advisor, after he makes it happen, resign. I mean, that's a situation where now we have a major, what could be a headwind on pricing locally in in domestic pricing. Where if we don't have other products coming in, why does our, why does our local or domestic manufacturer have to be competitive? Right, so the costs of goods might start going up, and we're getting into a bit more of a microeconomic discussion, but.
1: Yeah, the tariff thing's pretty interesting.
2: Um, it's got a long tail on it.
1: Yeah, I I wanted to finish up here with the employment stuff a little bit just to kind of tie it all up where I think w- why we saw on Friday the bond move the way it did. Please. Um, what we saw, you know, we saw very strong jobs numbers as far as jobs added. You had mentioned it was, what, 310? 300 310, three, I, I saw 313, but well above expect expectations for number of jobs added in the month you saw right. very 15. strong with the construction sector I think it was over 60,000 jobs added in construction um,
2: 50,000 in retail
1: 50,000 in retail we saw uh, we saw 30,000 in manufacturing just very very strong numbers and I think it was like the 89th straight month of job gains which is a record Um and so, so that was a very strong number. So for the last three months, we've been averaging 242,000 jobs added per month. That's mm-hmm. very strong, mm-hmm. up from 2017's year-long average of 182,000 jobs added. Mm-hmm. So really this, which is odd for this time of the recovery very odd. cycle.
2: Very
0: odd. You
1: know, when you, when you get towards the end of a recovery, you would start to expect that we're reaching full employment, especially, I mean, the unemployment rate's at 4.1%. And so you would expect that you'd start to see job creation wane a little bit here at the tail end of a recovery, but we're actually seeing acceleration, which is really unusual. And we're seeing a lot of people, the unemployment rate again in this report didn't change. And it had a lot to do with more people entering the job force. uh, The The population. You know, yeah, you just, you think you're at this point in this recovery cycle where Everyone who wants a job is actively pursuing one, and you're, and unemployment is reaching a, a normal or low point here. So you're starting to expect that, okay, we're, we're at a full employment situation. We should start to see wage growth occur. We saw that last month. I was really wondering if we were going to see that trend continue. But now we're seeing, hey, there's more people that had removed themselves from the job search that now have re-entered <laughs> the labor force. And so there, maybe there's still a little more um, more to go to reach a true full employment. And so we did see the wage portion of this report come back down to what we've seen over the last you know, 18, 24 months or so, mm-hmm. which is back down to that two and a half. I think this one was a 2.6 year over year level of wage growth. So it seems that maybe last month was just a little bit of a a little bit of an aberration maybe I don't see it continue i
2: don't see it continuing especially in the sectors maybe construction you know um, as a member of the home builders association locally we find that there's so there's such a lack of apprentices and skilled construction workers also retail can't keep up at that clip i mean it just can't because even though there's going to be more people spending with more dollars in in the market if they get increases in their wages, like you talked about. I mean, retail is, it just can't keep up with this clip. I think it's a weird anomaly. I'm glad to see it. I also think baked into this number is something that I could argue, but I don't have a lot of facts on just yet is that our elderly class is getting older and didn't save enough. And they got, they might have to go back to work. I mean, I see a lot of, I've been starting to do more reverse mortgages and I see a lot of people that are above the age of 62 that have part-time jobs.
1: Well, and whether it's a savings issue or just that, the hit that was taken from that last economic downturn.
2: Yeah, they're- It's to fill a void of assets they thought they would have, but don't.
1: Yeah. So it's a very interesting labor market that we're in right now. And it's kind of hard because we're expecting certain things, but It doesn't. I don't know. There's just been some unexpected events too. So what we saw this week was there's still people who are out looking for jobs. There's still employers wanting to hire them. They hire. There was a lot of hiring that went on, Um, and wages are still kind of in. You know, they're growing, but they're still in that that frustratingly low lower area of wage growth. We do want to see the wage growth pick up because I think that's where we're going to start to see this economy really begin to take off. You know, we've we've recovered
2: um we get white hot. Yeah, right?
1: but yeah, we're not we're not entering that that, you know, robust economy. I don't quite think yet until we see more wage growth. And so I, I as a result what we saw was bond traders backed off a little bit on their inflation expectations. We saw that through through the trade um, activity, through the the movement in bond yields, and so that led to a little bit of relief in mortgage pricing this week, which which was nice. You know, we've had a pretty tough five week run, and it was nice to see things kind of ease back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like you said, I think that ten year yield ended right below two point nine percent.
2: Yeah, it was two eight nine four at the end of the day. It spiked at ten thirty, uh eleven o'clock up to two point nine one four, which is probably the highest I've seen it be since I've been in the industry the last four years.
1: Uh I think last week it was pushing up on three.
2: Was it pushing to three?
1: Yeah. So it's it's backed off a little in the last week or so, which is is nice. And it Oh two point
2: nine four was the fifty-two week high. Okay. So right there. Um you're right. And but I here's what I have to say. I say this all the time when i'm in face-to-face meetings this is not a bad thing i mean our economy doing this is going to do many things it's going to keep people making money which keeps them making their mortgage payment which keeps the average household good i mean the community will be good does it do i have any idea what average appreciation is going to be no i don't that'd be a west burke question but on average, the net, the term average is about 5% in California for appreciation. So if you're hitting a 5% clip on your house every year and you're putting a little bit of money in the bank to save, you should be happy. I mean, rates, if they change and they go up half a point in interest rate on a $420,000 mortgage, that's probably about a 50 to $75 a month increase in, in your payment. Yeah. Not we- going to hurt.
1: We talked about this a little bit last week that Higher. No one should be afraid of higher rates because higher rates are a signal that the economy is stronger. Um, right. We're not going to see higher rates in a weak economy. We're going to see the opposite. That's what we just came out of was a, a bad economy. We slashed rates to help move things along a little right. bit here. So higher rates are a signal of strengthening economy. So we're seeing that. We'd like it to be slow and steady, I think. No one wants to see rapid inflation and and rapid rate change and that's what the fear was after that last employment report and I think those fears subsided a little bit this this week so
2: volatility is the game
1: that's right so it was I I think all in all it was a it was a it was what we wanted to see we saw job creation we saw inflation fears subside a little. And um, I think going forward, things are are looking good. There's a 100% expectation that the Fed is going to make a quarter point increase to rates at their meeting later this month. Mm -hmm. And I think that's already cooked in here to Mm -hmm. what we're seeing in the bond yield and mortgage-backed securities. So Mm -hmm. everything I think is, is according to plan from this economic data standpoint. I think this is a great place to pause here and uh, refresh the coffee and take a quick commercial break to thank our sponsors. So I hope you stick around for more Mortgage Matters.
0: 30 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The most critical part of buying a home is getting
1: pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor,
0: step one is to get pre-approved.
3: Just call loan.
0: Central Coast Lending is an Equal Housing Lender. California BRE number 18 DBO number 605-4783. MLS number 328
1: We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast
2: Lending.
1: Another great reminder for us, today is the day you uh, push your clocks forward an hour. So we lose an hour of sleep, but we gain that hour of light at the end of the day. Well, let's clarify
3: that, actually, tonight before you go to bed. Tonight sure. before today, you go to yeah, bed. Yeah, you want to, like, do it right Sunday. now, because, you right. know... Right, yeah, I guess it's technically We would Sunday. actually, the show would actually be almost over if we did that right
1: now. I just get really excited. I might do it early. <laughs> we could try that. Yeah. It's 10.30. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so yeah. yeah,
1: kids are gonna wake up a little earlier. You're gonna feel a little grogier tomorrow morning, but yeah. yeah, but it's gonna be great because you're gonna have that extra hour at the in the evening. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I feel I feel like uh, it's it's just a great way to bring back the show with time and and where we're at in in the year is that we don't have any real idea yet of what's going to happen this purchase season, but I can tell you unequivocally in the last two weeks, I have seen more than 15 houses in South County a week hit the market. South County is, is ready to sell. Those people either want to move up or move out. And, and I hope people want to move in. But it's it's really a good time right now if you're looking to buy your first home to look at Grover Beach, Oceano, mm-hmm. um, Arroyo Grande, lots of activity there.
1: Yeah, I really think you can get a lot of bang for your buck in the South County area. Um, I'm I'm always looking at real estate. I always like to see the newspaper, you know, listings there, the magazines that come out with the different listings. I'm always, you know, not that I'm necessarily looking to buy anything or move, just that I I like to see the different price points for what you get Mm -hmm. everywhere. And man, Grover beach in particular is always very interesting to me. I, I like the community a lot and you know, I feel like you're, you've got some areas with ocean views, proximity to ocean, obviously. And, um, you just, I mean, you can get a, a three bedroom, two bath house, you know, sometimes you can find something in the four hundreds, um, that's, for half a million bucks it's pretty nice no big deal. yeah <laughs> but, well but comparatively but, speaking truly, it's it's a it's it's better than what you can get in other coastal communities
2: that is absolutely correct um,
1: you know I I live in Morro Bay and it, I feel like when I look around Morro Bay I see these some you know two-bedroom shack houses that are $600,000 and up mm. and and so I, I look at Grover Beach for similar kind of Location, as far as proximity to ocean or or view type of situation, and uh, you could just you get a little bit more there, and and there's some really cool houses and you know things that are I, I'm always drawn to those original beach homes, sure. kind of have that quaint character and a little bit of yard. You know, I don't like the zero lot line stuff where there's no yard and. You know, it's a, it's a box maxing out the lot line kind of thing. That's not really my style. Yeah. So I, and you can find that stuff in Grover beach, things that need a little bit of TLC to bring them up to, to the condition you like But that, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm always attracted to. And I, I see those opportunities. Arroyo Grande is a little more pricey. Um, but you know, again, you can, you can find some cool stuff there. Absolutely. So, yeah, I really like that South County community. And for a first-time homebuyer, I think it's, if you want to be in a coastal community, I think there's a lot of opportunity there.
2: Tons, tons. And I think Oceano is a good long-term play. We can talk about a product that I like for those areas in the second hour, the home-ready product, the renovation loan product for those sure. beach houses you talk about that start out at 838,000, <laughs> sorry, 838 square feet. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that's great. I I think those rehab loans really have a good place around here where you have aging, um, aging homes that are that original beach home that need a little, need a little improvement to bring them up to modern times. Um, but you know, it's hard to fit it into the budget and where are you going to come up with the cash to do that? I mean, remodeling is not an, that's an expensive venture. Even if you're doing the simplest of remodels, things are more expensive than you think.
2: Yeah, the average renovation is last in 2016 charted average over all of them was thirty three thousand eight hundred dollars. Not terrible, but who knows what that was? Yeah. Um, the average renovation requires one room, like a kitchen, bathroom, or bedroom, to be fully remodeled. If you do the kitchen, it's thirty grand. No questions Uh, asked. Easily. No questions asked. Yeah. But I think what I'll get into in the second hour is that it's. There's a lot of strategy as to where you do these loans in our county. A city like Grover Beach is really interested in getting a facelift right now. If you go through there, the roads are different. The mayor's doing some great stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really trying to revitalize the image of some of those streets right off of Grand Avenue. Yeah. I was
3: going to say, I live in Aurora, Grande and I drive down through the southern part of Grover a lot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those streets are under reconstruction right now. Almost all of them,
2: actually. Yep.
3: And so... Um, it's good. And, and I think, um, once they get the, the gas and the water lines taken care of on uh, like 12th street and El Camino and stuff, I think they're, they're looking at doing those too. So, um, so they're doing actually the infrastructure from what I know, um, on the streets. And then, um, they're also going and doing the smart thing and doing the water lines and all that stuff before they rebuild the streets. Yeah. Good. So, um, so it's, 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 uh, they're actually doing a lot of work in Grover. Mm-hmm. It's actually, good. There you go. it's
1: good to see, you know, I've, I've kind of seen something similar going on in Los Osos with that sewer project. And now that that, all that infrastructure's in place, they're starting to put in sidewalks and curb and gutter and thing. I mean, they're simple things, right? You don't really think too much about it. Um, but it really spruces up a neighborhood. It makes it Absolutely. look complete you know, it makes it walkable. Um, it, it makes it safer, I feel like, and to get those those walking paths, sidewalks, whatever it is, and and I've seen the same thing going on in Grover Beach, and it really cleans up a neighborhood. In Morro Bay, they've spent a lot of time in the last couple of years um, focusing on repaving the the streets, which have been so neglected, and you know, streets that I thought were just kind of junky streets, all they did was repave the road and, you know, give it a new layer of asphalt and it, um, all of a sudden I'm like, man, this is a nice, nice neighborhood here. I mm-hmm. really like this. And mm-hmm. what's different. Ah, all it is, is the street. They filled in the potholes, you know, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden changes the whole character for me a little bit. Um, yeah. So I, all the, these infrastructure projects, I think really go a long way towards the, um, appeal of of neighborhoods and making it feel like a safe um a safe place for families to have their kids you know riding bikes in the street and doing that kind of thing so it i'm glad to hear that that's going on down there and and same thing on the north coast yeah
3: it, it they've been doing quite a bit of work and i have the unfortunate part of part of i have to drive across part of grover grover streets to get into my street so because i live in a road granny but you know the the main road comes in off of grover so um so it's kind of nice to see that though because it's nice to see the concerted effort to actually improve all that Mm -hmm. sure so Mm -hmm. sure yeah and they're really working on it so so function
2: of real estate owners property taxes at work
1: yeah there we go (laughs) Nice to see it spending locally, huh? Yes. Um, So yeah, in the next hour, we'll talk a little bit more about the opportunities to buy a a fixer-oper home and and rehab it a little bit. There's some changes coming. There's also some changes that we'll discuss next hour about mortgage insurance for people, for certain segment of buyers. um, Yeah. Some changes just announced this week that kind of rocked us a little bit. We had to comb through our our, um, applicants and, and see if anyone was going to be affected by this because it is affecting people. So we'll talk about that a little bit more next hour. Um, as far as activity here, now that we've been reminded that <clears throat> March madness kicks off home buying season, Thank you, Wes. um, <laughs> we, uh, we have, I mean, I, I pay a lot of attention to application activity at our company and what <laughs> we saw all last year, 2017 was kind of started out the year slow. And it built all year long, even through the holiday season when we typically see things slow down. And we haven't had that end of year lull that we normally experience. We had a brief lull; we had about a two week lull, which was the beginning of February, um, as far as funding activity goes. And but other than that, it's it's been I've seen continued growth in application activity. And um, I think as we enter this home buying season, it's just going to pick up. It seems like there is a lot of motivation from, from home owners who have maybe been on the fence about whether or not to sell their property. I think it's it's pretty clear now to everyone that that real estate values are, are at, a, at a high point here. And so if you've at all been thinking about selling, then now's a really good time to list property. And there are a lot of people. Let me tell you, from the application side, there's a lot of people who want to buy homes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're They're worried that with all this appreciation that's occurred over the last six, eight, ten years that the window for them is closing a little bit. And so they want to they want to buy a home and get their foot in the door, get their little piece of real estate before the opportunity passes them, you know, because rates rising too is affecting affordability for a lot of people. Sure. So there, there's a lot of applicants. I mean, you ask any loan officer at our company and at any company, and they'll probably tell you a similar story that they have, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 approved applicants that are just waiting for that right home that they can buy.
2: Surplus of demand is is certainly an issue right now in our mm-hmm. industry. And I think also you you find that there, even though people want to buy and they're willing to buy and it, it's a the rates are terrific. Sometimes they fall in these, you know, they want their housing payment to be X, let's say 2200 a month. They don't want it to be more than that. But in order to go out and get a $500,000 home with 5% down, you've got to pay almost three grand a month.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's the more typical Mm. monthly payment I see, especially with a a first-time buyer where you know down payment is an issue where they're looking at a minimum down or a 10% down, even a 20% down with the the way home prices are. Um, when you factor in property taxes and homeowner's insurance, and if, if it's less than 20% down, a mortgage insurance payment, I see a lot of $3,000 a month payments. And I, f- I feel like that's becoming the new normal in um, San Luis Obispo County real estate. So that's kind of the the benchmark that you need to think about when, when you're contemplating purchasing is, is how to cover a $3,000 a month payment. Right. I think that's, that's the norm.
2: And there's many ways to do that too, right? There's, um, I mean, the average person, let's say you're renting right now and maybe you're engaged and you're thinking, I need to get, we need to get a house together. Um, having a roommate for the first couple of years is not a problem. Um, it doesn't really help us help you qualify to have a roommate, but getting 800 or $900 a month for your third bedroom is a smart move. I know you did that, Dan.
1: I did that for a long time, um, you know, pre-family stuff. Right. Uh, well, yeah, when it just, I, you know, it, was, it didn't bother me to have other people in my house to help subsidize the housing payment. And so I, I, I thought it was a good move for me to do that. And, and so I did that for a long time. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of real estate here on the central coast that has, um, an accessory dwelling unit too, Correct. whether it's a, you know, a, a place over a garage or, or just a detached structure altogether or, or something like that, or, or some kind of, you know, even an attached room that has, um, exterior access, there's those kinds of situations a lot here where y- you can treat it like it's a secondary unit where you don't, that, that that occupant doesn't necessarily have to be uh, sharing your living room in your kitchen. Maybe they have those facilities in a part of your your home and or or a home that you're looking to buy. So it is an opportunity to subsidize um, the the monthly payment for you. So there there is some creative things that you can do, but I, I you know it a three thousand dollar a month payment isn't vastly different from what we see in the rental market. I mean, rents support that you know that kind of payment level on the mortgage side. When you're, especially when you're looking at a three bedroom home, I mean, it's hard to find a three bedroom home anywhere on the central coast that's less than two thousand dollars or twenty two hundred bucks.
2: Oh yeah. So to be able to
1: own that that three bedroom house and pay a little, you know, you're paying a little bit more to own it, but there's a lot of benefits that come with the ownership. And if it's a home that you can improve beyond renter quality, then it justifies paying a little bit more for it as well. Mm -hmm. So there, you know, I, anyways, those are just observations that I'm sharing here is what what I'm seeing for people's payment levels.
2: I think Uh, a lot of, in addition to, and stop me if I'm, if I'm getting off track, Dan, but I think a lot of the applications I'm seeing too, are also the move up party. People are like, okay, we've owned for five or six years. Definitely. I I don't want to sell if I don't have to. How do i not sell and still have two mortgages if my dad or my mom or my 401k is going to be the cash i use to close on the next place i'm seeing a lot of those applicants where i keep a piece of real estate in their portfolio and they go get another one and i i i personally like that type of buyer because i i love being the person that can advise them on never selling their real estate now all of my real estate friends listening right now are probably ready to kick yeah, it. Yeah,
1: you're angering the realtor community right now. But
2: think about the wealth you build through real estate, and if you can keep someone making your payment, sure, and get another house that that suits your needs better,
1: definitely. If, if you can tolerate the uh, landlord experience and you have the income to weather any any you know changeover, any slower times, any repairs, because those things inevitably come too, then. Definitely, I'm always a big advocate of of real estate as a way to build wealth. Um, I watched my dad do it over the years. Sure, you know it doesn't have to be these big purchases either. Um, You know, in fact, I find that there's actually makes a lot more sense often to buy in areas where the home prices are lower and the rents the rents are better given the the purchase price. Sure, Um, so. Anyways, yeah, that's that's a great move. But even for people who don't necessarily want to hold that the the current home and they want to move up and and sell their existing home, they should have a lot of confidence going out there that their home's gonna sell fast because there are there is still that heavy demand. Um, so when they're selling their entry level home to a new entry level buyer, that's the fastest moving segment of the market still. Um, so that move-up buyer can have a lot of confidence that they can go out, they can find that right property. And then when they do find it, they can list their home for sale and get that thing sold. Maybe they have to make an offer that's a little longer, 45 days to accommodate the 30-day transaction on the home they're selling. Um, but that's a, a great strategy. And even if maybe they want to be a little more cautious, there's opportunities. You know, We, we work with a couple of investors that really... Um, specialize in that. I, I call it a bridge loan type of situation where they, they understand the plan that you are going to be selling this other home. And so they they understand that and and they'll accommodate that. They won't just hit you with both payments against your income and say, oh, you don't qualify. Um, they'll, they'll make it work out for you. So we have that bridge opportunity as well for people who want to move up. and And I get it. Moving up as you're you know, you're going from that first-time buyer. Your life's changing. Um, you've experienced a lot of appreciation and and um, you know, grown a lot of equity just by making payments and putting in a little bit of sweat into your home and just the time. Sure, you've you've appreciated your home's appreciated, and now you can flip that equity that you've built into the new purchase, the home that is more suitable for your needs today and going forward.
2: And maybe have the same payment if you can luck out. Sure. But I think the loan you were talking about with the, the bridge loan, Dan, was that the cross collateralization loan?
1: There's cross collateral where you're actually getting a short term loan that encumbers two parcels. Okay. Or there's um, you're still only encumbering the the parcel to be purchased, but they'll the our investor will actually allow us to assume a rent that you would receive sh- should the worst case happen, right? Should you not be able to sell that home you're moving away from? We know what it would rent for. So they'll allow you to to qualify with that, even though you're not planning on renting it. Got it. So there's a couple different ways to look at it. Um, it's a short-term solution. It's something that you would have in place for maybe six months or so. Right. But it... It gets the job done for you. That
2: strategy does not apply for all loan programs. It's just for Yeah. So like sometimes if you're in an FHA loan, let's say your loan officer or myself, I would advise you that you do have to get a lease signed. You do have to get a security deposit for us to show what that rent would be before we close on your next house.
1: Yeah. You have to actually walk out that rental. Yeah situation. It's a little
2: bit more stress to your life, but that's why you have a pre-approval with us <laughs> beforehand so that you can make your offer accordingly. Don't give yourself 25 30 days to get this done. You know, tell the other seller that you're not going to need a contingent transaction where you don't need funds from your current primary to close, but I do need an extra 2 weeks to get a, a you know, a tenant. And I think a lot of listing agents would appreciate that up front. Okay? 45 days will work for us if you promised and you show me assets that you can close without your house selling. Now I don't have to worry about something I don't have control over. You just have to get a renter. Mm -hmm. And in a market like San Luis, this is what we've been talking about the last 20 minutes, there aren't enough houses.
1: Right. Yeah, it's a very competitive market here. So we have to employ these different strategies quite often. It, It would be a different conversation if everybody who was wanting to buy a move up home could qualify with three or four mortgage payments and no rental income, you know, it'd be easy. We
2: would you mean If they just came in and told us what their income was.
1: Yeah. I make $20,000 a month and I can easily, you know, foot. I can easily, easily qualify with this payment and the new payment, you know, th- then we're not having to be as strategic, but that's not the reality right. for a lot of people. And so we do end up having a lot of strategic conversations with how to make this work and what the plan will be. So that's part of that free pre-approval process. One thing I wanted to say, just circling back to the application activity, was in addition to applications increasing steadily over the last 18 months, it's also been changing. Um, Early last year, when activity was a little bit lower than it is today, it was also heavily weighted in refinance activity. So not only are we seeing application activity as a whole pick up, we're seeing the purchase application activity really pick up. That's really um, accelerating. And because the last year, beginning of this time last year, I would have been talking to you about our application activity is about 60% refi, 40% purchase today, it's like 70% purchase, 30% refinance. So the purchase side of it has been accelerating through the last 15 months or so. And that just tells you how many people are out there ready to buy, wanting to buy real estate. So again, the message here is that um, if you have any inkling of selling your home, there's, there's a lot of qualified buyers out there right now just waiting for you. Eight. And, and this is the, the beginning of that home buying season. I expect to see this summer a lot of purchase activity.
2: A ton. And don't forget at the end of this year, early next year, you're going to have some of those new developments opening up their models to actually enter and close. So mm-hmm. for the people that own existing homes, thinking of listing, you're going to have to start competing with the brand new home that's listed, you know, which is, <laughs> is not necessarily a headwind, but more competition. There's gonna be more supply than there has yeah. been.
1: There's still a lot of demand that will easily I
2: don't think it's gonna balance the equilibrium. No,
1: it's not gonna it's not gonna swing it into a supply, an oversupply of homes I at think, all.
2: I think that it's so just it's gonna
1: give a lot of lot of different choices. Sure. Which is what buyers want. I mean, that's really been the thing that's kind of strangled this market for the last so many years is just lack of choices. Right? Yep. Because this whole buying experience is about um, just ruling things out. You know, it's hard to ever find the perfect home that checks all your boxes, but it's ruling out the things that are your non-negotiables. And so when you are limited in your choices and that you have certain non-negotiables, sometimes it eliminates all the choices. Yep. And so that's the market that we've been facing. So to have a, some new construction come on, to have some existing homes come on, um, it really, it expands the choices. It allows people to, to settle on, On the home that's right for them today, Um, a couple weeks ago I saw some. A couple of the housing reports came out, and what was really interesting to me was, you know, they break it down by region. They divide it into the the North, or I think it's like the Northeast, the South, the Central area, and then the West. And in the West new home activity was really rapid. It was like a 30% increase in new home sales activity, which was completely different than the rest of the country. So here in the West, where where I feel like we've really been hampered with s- supply issues for so long, we're finally seeing it. And we're even seeing it locally here with a lot of these projects that have been talked about and are finally groundsbreaking. Yep. And I know over by your house, you Rigetti have Ranch, what, Rig- Work cut meets tank farm. Yeah, they're starting to do all that site work now, mm-hmm. and um,
2: they're doing the um, the improvements to the infrastructure, so the, the yeah. road leading into the development.
1: So it's not going to be long before we start seeing you know skeletal houses out there, and right. and you know the the makings of of a real mm-hmm. occupiable structure. So that's going to be exciting out there in that area. Mm-hmm. That area of San Luis Obispo is really growing. Um, and, and so there's going to be some new homes out there, you know, I know, um, there's some new projects in the South County area.
2: Yeah. So it's Trillium in, in Grover beach near mm-hmm. Figaro mountain and that pole plaza that's been going for, what feels like almost a year now. So they're taking applicants right now and, um, and they're in, I can't remember what phase they're in, but they're ready to, you know, have models ready in three or four months. And then there's also the stuff in North County. I mean, you've got coastal community builders doing their project right there on Main Street in Templeton. Um, And I'm starting to see and sit down with developers that are doing infill projects, Dan. So you've got smaller builders, if you will, working with a developer, and investor that's building a 13 unit project, you know, something within an area that just had vacant land not used properly, or they were able to get the zoning redone and yeah that doesn't have to be commercial anymore smarter denser use of of a community
1: we're just finishing up a project up in the San Miguel area where we were the preferred lender it was uh i think jazzy town was the builder um but that was a, a really cool project to be a part of and and we saw a lot of a lot of um, you know, nice new homes. It was a smaller project, mm-hmm. but we we were doing a lot of VA lending and uh, even USDA lending up in that area, and putting a lot of first time buyers into homes there. That same builder, I know it's a little outside of our area, but they have a couple projects coming on up in the uh, King City and Salinas areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I know I know there are people here that live in the north county and then um, commute up to those areas so and if
2: you live in napomo um, shea homes is opening up and completing their affordable housing section of trilogy so uh, we're helping them out with some of those houses because it's not there's a combination of loans taking place there's a county second that goes into place based Mm -hmm. on a price point that the the builder has to sell the house for and we're helping shea homes Move those products and finance them for borrowers. Um, I want to say there's, I want to say there's twelve, but there might be as many as fifteen units going in there, and um, they're taking applicants starting right now. Very cool. Yeah.
1: So somehow we stumbled into just giving you a the the full landscape of all the new home construction that's going on on the central
2: coast. It's time, right? And that's yeah, why we got the clock going.
1: It really is. This is this is the kickoff of home buying season. Like we said, there's a lot of people who are applying to buy a home right now. Um, There's a lot of applicants just who have been pre-approved, who are waiting for that right home. And we're starting to see listing activity. We, We participate in um, these weekly meetings uh, where the realtors come together and share their new listings that haven't even yet hit the MLS, but they're about to, right. um, or they're new on MLS and they want to talk about the home. They want to talk about you know some of the great opportunities that they have that are brand new to market and share it with the realtor community and share it with us as, a, as an affiliate lender too. So we participate in those and we're seeing all this activity um, that's that's picking up right now so it's, it's an exciting time of year for us. I really do think that this purchase season is going to be one of the best in recent memory. And so I'm excited. I'm really excited. And mm-hmm. rates are likely to remain at this level. You know, we're not going to see crazy changes in interest rates.
2: It's like I said, I mean, the dola- we've got to look at the dollar amount change. When we come back from the second hour, though, we'll talk about picking up a fixer upper Either in a purchase or if you've got a house you want to remodel yourself and stay in because you love the neighborhood and why move up when you can build up, I guess you could say. And we want to give some of our borrowers a warning about what's happening with private mortgage insurance and how that can affect them.
1: Yeah, just a little bit of change in in the mortgage insurance market, the appetite, you know it, it'll be a good discussion for next weekend because I think it's it's a sign of you know, we're not entering a mortgage. There's a worry, I think, for a while for me, where the mortgage market really got tight, got really conservative there for a while, and then we've always heard the pendulum's going to swing back the other way. Yeah, but there's still balance there. There's Checks. still there's still people thinking about the risks in mortgage and not getting too carried away with loose guidelines. So we're we're we haven't swung back too far the other way. Um, we are getting the the crooked finger here and and getting ready to go out. I
3: dumped out the music, so we got 10 seconds here. Sorry about <laughs> okay,
1: that. <laughs> that's all right. Um, so yeah, we're, we're getting forced out into the top of the hour break. We'll be back to talk more about a little bit of economic news, talk about some, uh, some rehab loan programs to buy that fixer-upper you're interested in, and some more mortgage news as well. So we're really looking forward to uh, next hour. Can we just listen to
3: this for the rest of the show? I know, I love this song. Yeah. I think we got the hook coming here. I'd really like there to it see is. them. It's
2: it's like me, it's yeah. There's the hook.
1: You got me all motivated here to uh, check out their tour dates.
2: Yeah, Foo Fighters are pretty awesome, actually. Sure. They have a, they have a. a a slew of hits yeah um Hero they've got uh, Fly times like these some of their best songs are the ones that weren't hits though which is a lot of bands right yeah some of the lyrics that, that he writes mm-hmm. are just amazing
1: mm-hmm.
2: huh. old like, old Nirvana drummer Dave Grohl moved down drove down in a bus to oh. Van Nuys to Sound City to record that first Nirvana album the one with the baby oh wow yeah hmm Great documentary, Sound City. If you, it's on uh, Netflix or one of those. Schooling me cool. music over here, awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're back. Yeah, it's we're Saturday, back. March tenth. It's just after ten. You were eagerly awaiting for us to come back. Yeah, that's right. Dan and I like to stand up in between the break. We do a couple forty yard dashes to get our blood flowing. Right. Talk about economics, which is crazy because <laughs> that's what we were doing before the break. Yeah. And then it we're never back, stops. And then we're back to yeah. tell you more about mortgage products. That's right. How you're going to buy your first home, and that it's going to rain yeah. this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do
1: the weather. We'll yeah. do sports. I mean, it's like a full newscast here. Jason
2: Grody's off this week. <laughs> Mike Points is
1: here. People, places, hey, we got it all. Entertainment news. What do you want to know about?
3: Yeah, summertime. We might talk about some barbecue and tips. Oh yeah, are. there we go.
2: I love That'd be food. Great. Yeah, I, too, love food, um, as you can see.
1: If you have a question that you'd like to ask us, we're live. We're here. We uh, we love your participation. You can call us, 543-8830, 543-8830. Um,
2: the call-ins are fun for us. You're not, not interrupting us. No, not at all. Helps us fire our synapses.
1: <laughs> we um, When we were walking down the hall, doing our, um, what was a 40-yard, 40-yard dash? dash. Yeah. How'd you do? What was
2: your time? It was way over five seconds. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not going first round. <laughs> Let's just say, that. I, I can say <laughs> that. I can.
3: yell out in the hall like thirty seconds, guys, and you come running down. Right. You know, see who beats each other next yeah. time. Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: We'll just time it out? We'll try that. It's a skinny hallway.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. We'll try that. Um, but we were talking just a little bit during the break about the, the tariff situation, we decided we didn't want to get too much into it. Cause we need more time to kind of see what is really going to happen here. Yeah. Um, it seems like an idea that's still being molded a little bit, but mm-hmm. there was an official announcement this week about the, the tariffs. There's a 25% tariff on steel imports and a 10% tariff on aluminum imports. Aluminum, yep. Um, there were two countries specifically that were exempted from those tariffs Um, and that was Canada and Mexico so that, uh, the administration could continue to talk about renegotiating the NAFTA trade agreement. Yes. So it was, it was, um, set up as a, as a, at any point when those, if those talks break down that they could be included in the tariff, but for now they're exempted,
2: um, there was a great little skit, may I jump yeah, in real yeah. quick? There's a great little skit from Kevin O'Leary, uh, Mr. Wonderful, if you watch the Shark Tank, he's the bald guy that has like the really tough attitude. Mm-hmm. He's Canadian, by the way. Um, he said, yeah, no wonder Canada is still included, or furthermore excluded. They, We have a fighter jet that we, the tail of the fighter jet is made up of aluminum and steel, and it, goes over the north american border like six times before it's completed so canada makes their improvements goes to the u.s we look at it our engineers look at it send it back make improvements send it back so every time it would cross that line Mm -hmm. it would technically need to experience the tariff i mean just in military spending alone that would be crazy how would we manage that yeah but does it does it Open the door to renew, renegotiate, and maybe improve NAFTA. That possibly, that, yeah. That's 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 what I am waiting to see.
1: Sure. The other thing that we're waiting to see is how other countries who aren't excluded will respond. You know, there's been already indications from the European Union and China that they might retaliate with tariffs of their own. Uh, the European Union specifically said they would look to target. Uh, American products and they specifically said Harley Davidson's American whiskey and Levi's jeans um, so you know now we're going outside of even this this steel and the aluminum, actual this metals industry yeah we're yeah. going into all kinds of other products here that might be affected but you know I,
3: I don't know I mean it, it, it might be right but have you ever tried to buy clothes in Europe <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're expensive I haven't they're expensive so, and so um, yeah i mean it could be just be a, be a of lot like, of
1: posturing it could yeah. be you know the the feathers flying mm-hmm. um but it'll th- th- and this is why we want to wait to see yeah. how yeah, actual I mean. economic numbers could potentially be affected yeah um you know maybe it's nothing maybe maybe this is just a good opportunity for leverage for a renegotiation of a trade agreement maybe it does impact um Exports. I don't know. There's there's a lot of talk both ways. So I, I,
3: nothing against what you're wearing, Dan. But I I tried to buy a shirt like what you're wearing mm-hmm. in in England one time. This is about ten years ago. On sale was a hundred dollars. I was like, I'm not
2: buying that shirt. Well, Dan does wear nice clothes. You
3: know, I mean, so. you know. It's, it's just flannel ex- from J. Crew, yeah. yeah. And it was just ex- it was expensive. <laughs> it was just you know, it was just like so their clothes are already expensive. So I don't know why would they put a tariff on clothes for their own people? I think to it, pay the tax, yeah, you know,
2: it it's different every every um you know every continent's different. There's a lot of over there. There are a bunch of different nations. You know, there's all types of tariff going on. The issue with the U.S. potentially, the issue with the U.S. is that. It's not so much that we get more jobs now because we don't have to buy you know, Chinese steel. We can build it here. It's so if, Like Dan was saying, what if they stop buying our vegetables? What if they stop buying our produce? I mean, so much of our agricultural product leaves this nation because we do it so well. When we've got the climate, we've got the longitude latitude, we've got the farmers, we've got the system. Mm-hmm. We can't eat all this stuff ourselves. It's going right. to happen to farmer income.
1: There's yeah. I mean, and just any products that use those metals will become more expensive to our consumers, um, which eats into that disposable income a little bit. You know, anything from what was, you know, some of the the politicians I've heard It's going to affect the price of beer. You know, beer cans are going to be more expensive to manufacture and, you know, all, all kinds of different things. So. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. You know, I, I know there was talk about the, the jobs with respect to the steel and aluminum industries. I did a little bit of research on that this week and found some interesting statistics. At the peak, the steel industry in, I think it was 1953, had its peak employment of about 650,000 workers. Today, it's about 150,000. So it's definitely a lot less than what it was then, but it was, it was never a huge population of people that worked in the, those industries, the manufacturing of steel and aluminum and stuff like that. So, you know, from a job creation standpoint, I don't know that that's that should be the end goal here. Cause I, there, you know, a lot of the, the job change, the employment change in those industries has a lot to do with technology too. It takes a lot less people to smelt steel today than it did back then. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, now it's, there's a lot more automation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, there's, there's that concern, you know, if there is retaliation that does truly affect our other industries, you know, how many jobs could be affected in a negative way as a result of that. Right. Yet to be seen, yet to know if it's really something that will affect the other jobs that rely on, you know, buying cheaper steel and aluminum or not, or or then these other industries that could potentially be affected just simply from retaliation.
2: It's going to be a major part of the news cycle going yeah. forward. Watch consumer confidence and how yeah. that affects the Dow. And, and if, if
1: it th- does pull through to higher prices, then you'll. we want to watch consumer confidence. We want to watch um, savings rates of consumers. We yeah. want to watch um, GDP. Point. So those are things that we'll be looking for going forward. If those things are affected in a negative way, we could start to see the f-
2: hesitation.
1: Yeah. We could start to see fed the fed back off on interest rate hikes, which, you know, I mean, that's, that's great. If you want to borrow money, if you want to buy a home, if you're in the mortgage business. Yeah. We like to see low rates. It's always good for business, but um, it could, I think the big worry is any, any headwinds to uh, the economic growth and recovery that we're continuing to see and that we want to see um so
2: and then of course friday the dow was up two percent so
1: yeah which (laughs) you know (laughs) because at first when the when those tariffs were announced it was believed that it was going to be everyone there wasn't going to be any exclusions in fact those were the words that were spoken was that everyone will be a part of this and then as as it rolled out it was made clear that mexico and canada will be excluded so
2: it's a big win for canada
1: yeah and there's still further lobbying i know um Paul Ryan, the speaker, Wisconsin, speaker of the he house, was, yeah. he really wants to lobby uh, the administration to continue to exclude other trading partners that that aren't believed to have unfair trading practices. You know, really, l- let's let's narrow the scope of this tariff to only those countries that have unfair practices. And so, if that. If that starts to happen and this this tariff situation policing. narrows, yeah. then, you know, I, I think we'll, the worry will be less. But right now, it's just it's such a new thing it, um, and, and it seems Certainly to be developing. Certainly on the radar. Yeah.
3: Certainly on the radar. So, awesome. Yeah. And we're trying to get our automotive rec- uh, industry to recover too. And a lot of the cars that we drive here in the United States the parts are manufactured in Canada or oh, Mexico. Yeah. So, well, like Mike was saying you know, with,
1: with the aircraft, it's right. it's a diff, it's not like mm-hmm. a car is an idea and and put together and sold all from the plant yeah. in Michigan. That's not how the supply chain works anymore. That right, right. exactly. so these things travel across borders over and over yeah. and over again and parts come from here and parts come from there and you know yeah. they're assembled in yep. in this plant in Alabama. You know, it's just yeah. it's a different way of of manufacturing today.
3: Well, my my car is a, a Dodge. So it's just like, you know, an American company, Chrysler. Sure. Yeah. But Daimler Chrysler, but but, but they also own Mercedes. A, the, yeah, yeah, and then and then the final assembly point was somewhere in Canada. Yeah. So, you know, it goes back and forth across the, you know, the border, so Yeah. You know, so, shoot our, well, I don't think we want to shoot ourselves
1: in the feet that way. Right. So, we have this this interesting policy change, as you said, led to the resignation of um, Cone. Gary Cohn, who Cone. was the architect Terrific. of the tax cut
2: Job policy.
1: Yeah. So um, now we have this other gentleman, and I, his name's escaping me at the moment, but he's the architect of this tariff policy, who's now seems to have the, the ear in favor of the president. So be interesting to see if other economic policies change too. So we just have to keep our close eye on it. Um, you know, part of the show is being aware of things that are affecting a, the economy, which could potentially affect real estate and affect interest rates. So that's why we're bringing it up and we want to pay attention to it.
2: I always say you have a ticket to the circus, whether you like it or not. Right. So you might as well watch the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've spent as much time as we wanted to on